Good morning. I'm James Homan from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Thursday, September 6th. In today's news, Brett Kavanaugh dodges questions about executive power. Tech companies are alarmed after the Justice Department threatens them. And another ally of Roger Stone has been subpoenaed to testify before a grand jury. But first, the big idea. Donald Trump and his aides reacted with indignation Wednesday to an opinion piece by an unnamed senior official in his administration that blasted the president's amorality. The op-ed launched a frantic hunt for the author, who claims to be part of a secret resistance movement inside the government, protecting the nation from its own commander-in-chief. The extraordinary missive, published anonymously in the New York Times, surfaced one day after the first excerpts emerged from Bob Woodward's new book, in which Trump's top advisors paint a devastating portrait of the president and describe a, quote, crazy town atmosphere inside the White House. Taken together, they landed like a thunderclap, portraying Trump as a danger to the country that elected him and feeding the president's paranoia about whom around him he can trust. Trump reacted to the column with volcanic anger and was absolutely livid over what he considered a treasonous act of disloyalty. He told confidants that he suspects the official works on national security issues or in the Justice Department, according to two people familiar with his thinking. The column, which is entitled, I am part of the resistance inside the Trump administration, describes the president's leadership style as impetuous and accuses him of acting recklessly in a manner that is detrimental to the health of the republic. The official writes that cabinet members witnessed enough instability by their boss that there were early whispers of invoking the 25th Amendment to remove Trump from office. Instead, they decided to avoid a constitutional crisis and work within the administration to contain him. The column sent tremors around the West Wing and launched a frantic guessing game. It's the parlor game of the hour, not just at the White House, but around Washington. Startled aides canceled meetings and huddled behind closed doors to strategize about the response. They're even analyzing language patterns to try to discern the author's identity, or at a minimum, the part of the administration where the author works. The phrase, the sleeper cells have awoken, circulated on text messages among aides and outside allies. One former White House official who's in close contact with his co-workers said, quote, It's like the horror movies when everyone realizes the call is coming from inside the house. The president has already been feeling especially vulnerable after the portrayal in Woodward's book. He was upset that so many in his orbit seemed to have spoken with the veteran Washington Post journalist, and he had begun peppering staffers with questions about who Woodward's sources might be. One senior administration official says that Trump believes the circle of people who he can trust is dwindling. Another Trump friend tells us that the president fretted last night that he can only confide in his children now. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, Supreme Court nominee Brett Kavanaugh presented himself to the Senate Judiciary Committee on Wednesday as an independent judge with an open mind refusing to be pinned down on legal questions involving the investigations of President Trump and how his presence on the court might shift its ideology to the right. The judge was often evasive during a a 12-and-a-half-hour day of questioning that didn't wrap up until after 10 p.m. 
Kavanaugh would not take a position on whether a president can be forced to respond to a subpoena. He declined to say whether the chief executive can pardon himself, as Trump has insisted he can. He also sidestepped a question about whether he still believes, as he wrote decades ago, quote, that a president can fire at will a prosecutor criminally investigating him. All are issues that are quite crucial to special counsel Bob Mueller's investigation. Likewise, Kavanaugh turned aside questions on abortion, gun rights, and how Congress might get around some of the Supreme Court's rulings on campaign finance restrictions. But while Kavanaugh was reluctant to talk specifics about executive power, he was eager to dispense with the view, which he himself raised at a roundtable discussion with other lawyers in 1999, that a major decision involving presidential power was wrongly decided. Without being asked, Kavanaugh brought up U.S. v. Nixon, the Supreme Court's unanimous 1974 decision that said Richard Nixon had to turn over tapes of White House conversations. He called it, quote, one of the greatest moments in American judicial history. He did not mention his comments during the roundtable discussion. Number two, the Justice Department said in a statement that top U.S. tech companies may be, quote, intentionally stifling the free exchange of ideas. This two-sentence statement didn't elaborate on the allegation or explicitly threaten legal action, but it echoed tweets by Trump last week claiming that the technology industry is biased against him and conservatives. The White House has also threatened new regulations on Google. This latest warning from the Justice Department alarmed industry leaders, and outside legal experts expressed concern that the rising political pressure over unproven allegations will end up chilling constitutionally protected speech by technology companies. Meanwhile, on Capitol Hill, Facebook Chief Operating Officer Sheryl Sandberg and Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey testified before the Senate Intelligence Committee. Each gave updates on their company's efforts to combat foreign interference and disinformation campaigns ahead of the midterm elections. Over on the House side, Dorsey sought to address Republican allegations that Twitter unfairly targets conservative-leaning posts and accounts. He said that's not true. He also released a new study that his company conducted, which he said found Democratic and Republican lawmakers have equal reach on the platform. Number three. Conspiracy theorist and Roger Stone ally Jerome Corsi, a guy who you might remember for bringing us Swift Boat Veterans for Truth back in 04, has been subpoenaed to testify before a federal grand jury on Friday as part of Mueller's Russia probe. Corsi has contributed to the right-wing conspiracy website InfoWars and is known for promoting out-there ideas. He provided research to Stone during the 2016 campaign at the same time Stone was in contact with WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange. In related news, political consultant W. Samuel Patton is listed among the potential witnesses for Paul Manafort's second federal trial in D.C. Patton is cooperating with Mueller and has admitted to steering $50,000 from a Ukrainian politician to Trump's inaugural committee. He pleaded guilty in federal court last Friday to failing to register as a foreign lobbyist. Patton is on a list of 120 people who might testify or be mentioned at Manafort's trial which is set to open later this month. And that's The Daily 202 for Thursday, September 6th. Thanks for listening. I'm James Hellman. I'll talk to you tomorrow.